Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hey there. Thank you for being here for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. I'm actually really excited about today's conversation. I've been having a few chats around this topic recently, and that is we are going to have a look at golden handcuffs, which is a term which is most often used to describe a professional situation where someone is earning good money and perhaps feels that therefore a little bit stuck in staying in that situation, even though they might not be entirely that happy with what they're doing. So for example, have you ever said to yourself or to someone else, oh, you'll never leave because you earn too much. If you have, then welcome to the world of golden handcuffs. I have actually had people say it to me in the past. Thank you so much, Mr. Alan Broom. Many, many years ago in my radio days, when I first was maybe starting to feel like, oh, I'm not really sure how long I want to stay in this role. And I remember really clearly him saying, oh, you'll never leave. You've got the golden handcuffs. And I think that was the first time I'd ever heard the term. And it really stuck with me. And I remember back then sort of feeling a bit conflicted when I heard it because on one level I thought, oh, okay, yep, this is a good point. It may not be as easy to earn the same kind of amount of money doing something new. And do I really want to walk away from this fairly safe salary and situation? But then on reflection, I also realised that it was actually about a lot more than just the money and so we'll talk more about that a bit later. The thing is that you want and need to know and recognize if you have created some golden handcuffs for yourself and if that's actually helping you or hindering you because like most things awareness is the first step in being able to consciously choose to either accept things as they are or to do something different if you choose to. If you don't recognize or realize what your golden handcuffs are, then you're completely without that awareness and you're running blind or maybe pretending to be without that awareness because I actually think that part of you always knows when you're just kind of using something as an excuse to not actually make a change and it's such a trap because most often what people are holding out for you know that extra zero on their paycheck or in their bank account that extra zero or extra two zeros is often never really actually enough Tim Ferriss in his uh, book, it's quite old now, but his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, talks about the fact that some people think 
that they want to be a millionaire and then they'll be happy. But he says that the reality is often that what people really want are the things that they think only millions can buy. And then he goes on to focus on or to say um, that you should focus on what experiences you actually want to have and then just make those happen rather than waiting until you're totally cashed up to then go and do what you want to do. So for example, let's say you want to go and live in Europe or you want to live on an island. Then if that's what you want to do, then what he suggests is you work out, well, how much money would it cost for you to actually do that for three months or so? And then you just focus on making that happen or you want a Ferrari. You don't actually have to buy one. You just find out how much to hire one for a day or a week or a month or whatever. And then you go and do that. And I found it such an interesting premise to start to break down what are some of the things that you think that you aspire towards having or doing one day and could you actually have some of it or a version of it right now or way sooner than you might have thought? Because he says that if you've got a number in mind that you think you want to earn or you want to save, the closer you get to that, the number will shift because times will have changed. And so you're always not quite there. Whereas if you start to break them down into specific little projects or experiments, then you're more likely to take the action and experience them. Another guy that I have learned a lot from, his name is Thomas Leonard. He was regarded very much as one of the founders of coaching as a profession in the human development performance kind of side of things, not just coaching as in sport coaching. And one of the things he talks about is the fact that actually having all the stuff that we think we want and that will make us happy, whether that's a bigger salary or a bigger house or whatever, often just complicates your life a hell of a lot more than it is now, which makes you more stressed and therefore not happy. So he, for example, said that he always thought that he wanted a Porsche. He loved them, had loved them for years, and he thought, when I'm successful and my business is going really well, I'm going to buy myself a Porsche. And so his business did get really successful and he could afford to buy a Porsche. But then he started thinking about how that would fit in to his life and where would he keep it and what about how he would feel when he was driving it if, if something happened to it. And he'd actually downsized his life and I think that was pretty much living in this really fancy RV kind of van. It doesn't sound very aspirational, doesn't it? But for him, it was what he really wanted and I imagine it was pretty um, awesome, this rig that they had set up. But he started going, well, if I have a Porsche and we're always on the road because we like to travel, where will I keep it? And then how do I get back to use it? And is it worth it? So he decided he didn't actually go ahead with getting the Porsche. If he wanted to drive one, he'd just hire it. So it just goes on and on where you start to think about it's just accumulating stuff, but does it actually make you any happier? So what has this all got to do with golden handcuffs? Well, for me, it links to what are you attributing your happiness to? And what is it that you are attributing value to a situation that may or may not be actually true for you and may not actually be helping you. 
there was a quote that I read a little while ago that uh, golden handcuffs just get tighter with time. So sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, in the future, I'll have more money saved and then I'll quit my job or then I'll do this thing. But the reality is we have this projected future where two things often are in it. One, we are miraculously somehow better off financially or better with money and we suddenly have more time. But the reality is that's unlikely to be true. And that if you're waiting for time to pass before you take a leap, then maybe that's just some flawed thinking. But golden handcuffs are not necessarily just about money in my mind. But from a definition point of view, the term golden handcuffs was first used in sort of the late 70s to refer specifically to financial benefits or um, enticements or whatever with the, the pure objective to encourage generally highly paid people to stay with a company or an organization instead of moving on to something else. But if you've ever thought, oh, after my next bonus or the next commission payout or my next pay review or whatever, the next, the next, the next, then, then I'll quit. Then I'll go and do what I really want to do or I'll go and do something less stressful or whatever. That is golden handcuffs talking. And you know, I know of a couple of people who actually were really, really unhappy in their role and they got to the point where they decided to resign. They were nervous about what was going to happen next and as people often are, but they got to the point where they were summed up the courage and actually resigned. And then their boss offered them just a little bit more money to stay and so they stayed and for one of these people I know that it happened at least twice twice that I know of I don't know if it's happened more than that that where they resigned and the boss offered them a bit more money and essentially they kind of chickened out and they stayed and I just think that that is so sad I think it's sad that they were unhappy in their role I think it's sad that their boss would have happily paid them more but waited until they wanted to leave to offer it. And I think most of all, I think it's sad that they were prepared to keep putting off their own happiness, their own dreams and aspiration for an extra grand or two. The thing is though too that golden handcuffs might not only be money. And recently I was on a flight and I got talking to a guy that was sort of sitting next to me who turned out to be a pilot on his way home after a stint of flying around wherever. And we had the most interesting conversation pretty much all the way of the flight. It was about an hour and a half or something. And it was all about, you know, the life of a pilot and lots of other things that we covered. But one of the things that came up as we talked was about the perks and connections that you get when you work in a certain industry or for a certain brand and it can become a little bit like a, a cult or the Truman Show you know there's nothing outside of that industry or that brand or if there is it's definitely not as good as within it it was definitely like that when I think back to my radio days where it was like this little mini 
world that there was nothing that existed outside of radio because there is a certain level of significance that can come with some people's roles of being able to say, oh, yes, I work for insert recognisable aspirational brand here. And so the thought, the mere thought of not being able to say that or not being that anymore or having that label anymore is just unthinkable to them because they've become so attached to it. You know, you mean I'd have to queue up with the normal people? You know, for me back in the radio days, I know that, and I've probably mentioned this before, I didn't have to buy a CD or a movie ticket or a concert ticket for like nine years. I got to meet famous people, musicians, actors, that kind of thing all the time. And that kind of thing can be a bit addictive because it feeds a sense of significance or specialness that most humans crave. I know I did for a long time. And the thought of not having that anymore made me feel not so great. So the takeout here is golden handcuffs are not just necessarily only money. It could also be a status thing or association. It might be to do with convenience or other perks that you get. So when you're considering this, think beyond just money. So how do you work out if you do have golden handcuffs? And what if you realize that you are? What do you do then? Well, quite frankly, you're screwed. No, not really. I'm only joking. Uh, but <laughs> firstly, you've got to figure out, are you wearing any? And so there's a few questions that you can ask yourself to start to reveal this. And this is something that you can just do as your own exploration. You don't have to talk about it with anybody else necessarily. So one of the things that you can ask is, would I potentially like to make some sort of change to my professional situation? That's a good starting point of a question. You know, would, would I like something to be different in my professional situation? And if so, then this is a worthy consideration. But if you don't want to change anything, then it's not relevant to you because it's nothing holding you back because you're choosing to stay. You're happy. So no problem. But if you would like to step up or step out in some way. What about your current situation? Would you not want to lose or do you feel like might be at risk if you did make that change? So just starting to get curious about what is it that you wouldn't want to let go of or not have access to anymore? And then you can go to the next question, which is, are any of those things really influential or important to me enough that they would stop me from making the change because there may be things that you might not want to lose or that you think would be at risk if you changed but they're not deal breakers and then there might be some things that you really notice that you've got a bit of a handbrake about it oh hang on I wouldn't have that anymore and therefore they might either slow you down or stop you altogether from considering making some sort of change and if so, which ones are the things that would stop you? So then if you found some things that you wouldn't want to lose, that you think would be at risk, uh, or that would handbrake you from creating or exploring, making some kind of change in your professional situation, ask yourself, what is it about that thing that is really important to me? Try and get specific about it. 
what does it allow you to be or do or have that you wouldn't want to lose? And once you get some clarity around those ideas, you can consider, is there another way that I could be, do or have that thing, even if I was in a different professional situation or role? Sometimes you'll be able to realize that there's other ways to meet those needs that you just hadn't thought of before. Also, you want to start to explore what's at risk if you don't make a change. For example, for me and my last corporate job where I was really unhappy, disconnected and pretty unwell, the reality is I could have stayed and I stayed a lot longer than with hindsight might have been a good choice for me for various reasons. But I could have continued to stay because of the comfort of the known situation. I could have stayed because of the potential of what could be in the future. I could have stayed because of the security of having a regular salary coming in every month. All of those were elaborate stories and excuses that you know, I could have created for myself that it would have certainly been easier for me financially to stay, but at what other cost? And for me at that point, whilst I was aware of all of those comforts, those golden handcuffs, there were impacts that were at risk that were separate from that. And for example, they were my health. They were my, some of my primary relationships. And there's also an element that was actually about my self-worth, that the longer I was staying, feeling disconnected and feeling like I wasn't really adding value in the fullness of how I could have, that was depleting me in a self-worth capacity as well. And so I started to think, well, how else could I potentially meet my needs for a level of comfort and security without that particular role or without that regular monthly paycheck? Now, I've got four questions, which is often referred to as the Cartesian coordinates, I think. And these are four great questions to ask when you're considering making some kind of change. The first one, what will happen if you make a change? Second one, what won't happen if you change? Third one. What will happen if you don't change? And the fourth one, what won't happen if you don't change? Now I know that they can be a little bit of a brain fry. And part of it is that that's the point. You want to ask questions in a different way so that you can come up with some different answers. The main takeout is for you to just be start to become conscious of what if you are considering creating some kind of change in your professional situation, start to become conscious of what is it that's actually holding you back? And is that a worthy, appropriate handbrake? Or is it just a convenient excuse for you to park your aspirations? I remember hearing Dr. John Martini once talk about creating change and 
something he said has stayed with me for a long time that I think is appropriate here when you're considering about what you might lose if you let go of a current professional situation or a professional role. And what he says is there is no such thing as loss. There is only transformation. And I'll leave you with that as a thought. And I really want to put it out there. I would love to connect with you. If listening to this episode or any of the other episodes has brought up questions for you, then you can email me anytime. My email address is Chandra, S-H-A-N-D-R-A, at thetransitlounge.com. And you can also come and join the conversation with a small, awesome, positive, collaborative group of people, mainly women, I'll put that out there, in the private Facebook group, which is called The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. So email me or come hang out in the closed Facebook group so that we can be with you on your way to wherever you're going. And I'll chat with you again next week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.